Flip to Freedom, episode number 20. Hello there, this is Sean Terry from the Flip to Freedom podcast. This is episode number 20. Can't believe we're at number 20 already. Now, if you are brand new and you're listening to this podcast for the very first time, I am here to help you escape the 9 to 5 and live the lifestyle of your dreams by learning how you can make an absolute fortune flipping properties in your spare time, even if you are new today, you're just getting started, you have no cash, no credit, and no experience. Now, I can tell you I, I had a question about what our business model is. And I can tell you, um, you know, we have basically have, you know, uh, several different business models. Uh, one being is wholesaling properties. And that's what primarily this podcast is uh, is about because it is the uh, there's a the least barrier of entry um, to wholesaling properties. You don't need cash, you don't need credit, um, you don't need experience. It's literally just finding a motivated seller and matching them up with a, a cash buyer and uh, assigning the contract or doing a double escrow and closing the transaction and collecting your check. Um, there is uh, no one ever pulls your credit, and it's an easy way to break in. And that's how I got started um, in real estate was uh, through wholesaling. Now, that's one business model we have. We wholesale properties uh, through our website at fortresswholesale.com. And then also, too, we buy properties, renovate them, um, package them up with a tenant, and sell them to investors all across the country. And those are uh, primarily cash flow properties. And that's through our site at fortressinvestor.com. And we get a lot of leads and traffic that, that comes to that site because um, we've optimized it for the keyword cash flow properties or cash flow properties for sale. So if you Google that, uh, you will see that we are in the either top one or two um, uh, in Google results for that particular keyword, which we get a ton of traffic for. Now, uh, that's another model. Um, we have also fix and flip retail. We buy properties. Um, we have two properties under contract right now. I just met the appraiser uh, out at one property this morning. And um, and the property, we bought it, renovated it, and now we have it on the market to turn around and, and sell it to a retail FHA buyer um, who's going to be buying it from us. So um, that's the model there. And also, too, we have a, a company that buys land. Uh, entitles it and then sells uh, the entitled land off to um, uh, the actual end user, either whether it be uh, home home buyers or actually home builders or or um, commercial pads or whatever it is. But we buy it, we bring it through the zoning process, um, bring it through the entitlement process, being that we go to the public meetings, we get it zoned, we get it entitled, meaning uh, we split the property into lots, uh, take it from larger parcels down to smaller parcels, and then we can uh, sell those off. Now that market, I can tell you right now, is pretty much dead. Homebuyers are actually coming into the marketplace now and just start start looking for, for land recently. Um, but that is, th- those particular... Uh, Deals are, um, you know, three to five year plays. Um, now even longer in this market. So, so what, and I guess the point is this, and you know, that's the answer to the question. You know, what my business model is, and and uh, you know, we have a lot of different things. The thing I like about wholesaling is, is because um, you can generate cash quickly. Same with the fix and flip. You know, and then and then the longer term plays, um, you can make large chunks of money as well. Um, but what the thing is, is that you know, is that breaking into it. You know, into uh, real estate through um, uh, wholesaling is a great part because you can you can literally get involved. You can understand the language, and it can take you to whatever you want to be. 
I mean, you can get involved in wholesaling. Then you can fix and flip properties. Then you can um, fix and flip retail. Then you can buy commercial real estate. You can buy cash flow properties. You can build a portfolio for yourself. You can get into large commercial development. You can build mini storages. There is such a a broad spectrum of different niches within uh, the real estate sector. But, you know, this particular podcast is for you if you're brand new, you're just learning, you want to get into real estate, you're working. Working a job, and uh, you want to um, you know start making money in real estate so you can quit your job. And in this episode, I am going to discuss um, the five ways to analyze and structure each lead for maximum profit and sellability. Um, because when you get started, you're marketing for motivated sellers. You're also going to be marketing for cash buyers. But in this uh, particular segment, we're going to talk about marketing uh, for motivated sellers. And then when leads come in. You know what to do with those leads. How do you structure them? How do you analyze them? How do you know if you have a deal or if you don't have a deal? Now, uh, when I'm working with a lot of newer investors, that is their biggest obstacle uh, because when when they do get the leads coming in, they're, they're like, well, "Now what do I do? How, how do I how do I make a deal? You know, if I don't think there's a deal there." So now, what happens is there are there are typically five types of leads. You know, there's obviously more that come in, but five of the majority of the leads that come in uh, fall into these five categories. One being sellers with no equity, meaning they owe what the property's worth. A lot of people pass on those type of deals, but we don't. Uh, seller with little equity, maybe they have three to five percent equity in their property, and that's it. Which is uh, you, you can't really wholesale that property, but you can you can uh, retail that property. We'll tell you how to do that. Um, sellers that are upside down. I'll show you what to do with that. Seller sellers that own their property in free and clear. They have no mortgage, no debt on the property. And then there's also sellers number five. Sellers with substantial equity but still have a loan on their property. That's what we're going to talk about. Um, we're not going to talk about bank-owned properties. If you want to know exactly how to make offers on bank-owned properties and how we do it, you can listen to episode 14. Now, I also – what I did was is I put together a 129-page blueprint that you can download for free. It goes in detail. And what I primarily designed this uh, – this um, basically book is to show you how to quit your job in 19 weeks or less. Now, obviously, you're not going to quit your job unless you have confidence in your current position, meaning that you bought properties, rented, you know, bought properties and sold them and made a profit doing it. So the idea behind the whole book is to show you how to get one year's worth of your income in the bank as fast as possible. So let's say theoretically you make fifty thousand dollars a year. If you could get fifty thousand dollars a year in the bank. Then guess what? You can then make a decision with you and your family to decide if you want to quit your job or not and live the free life You know, to do what you want to do when you want to do it. So you can get that for free. You can go to flip2freedom.com. That's flip2freedom.com. Um, and you'll see a video of me on the front page. And you can just put your email in there and uh, click download now. And you can get that instantly. And I'll send you a link uh, to your uh, email and uh, for a link to actually download that. All right, now let's get into exactly how to analyze and structure each lead for maximum profit and sellability. Okay. First off, the the first lead that comes in is the one with seller has no equity. That means they owe what the property is worth. Now. When when a lead comes in like that, obviously you know 
on a bigger scale, right? Uh, let, me, let me take a step back. You're marketing for buyers, and you're going to be marketing for buyers, you know, several different ways. Buyers are going to be calling in. The first thing you want to do, the above and beyond, is is you want to build rapport with a buyer. You want to find out, you know, why they want to sell the property. You want to find out, obviously, about the property, um, the condition of the property. There's 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 information that you that that you want to find out. We actually have a, a whole lead sheet um, that uh, will tell exactly what questions to ask, so you can uh, fill it out and you know exactly uh, where you stand with the property, but primarily the focus is to build rapport um, and find out why they want to sell, what the motivation level, because you're looking for a motivated seller, so you've got to find the motivation. So how do you find that motivation? Well, you ask a simple question. You say, listen, if we could put together something, if we uh, made it, made, made an offer that worked for you, um, how fast would you like to sell? And if they say, well, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just seeing what, uh, you know, what I could get right now in the market, I... Uh, you know, I, uh, I'm thinking about moving in the next couple months and, you know, um, I'm thinking about selling and moving then. If they say that, that, I'll, that is not, in my opinion, motivation. But if they say, listen, you know, if we could put something together and it worked, then I, I'd sell as fast as I could. I've got a financial situation. I need cash. Whatever it is, they want to sell and they want to get out fast. That is motivation and that will be your you know that would be your spidey senses going. Hey, hey, hey! Listen, guess what? I've I've got a motivated seller here. Now I want to dig in and find out more information about the property um, and about their their information. So, okay, now back to this: a seller with no equity. What do you do? Well, first off, when you're building rapport on the phone and you're talking to them and you're finding out about the house, you want to make sure uh, that uh, first off, the house is in good condition. Okay, you want to have a house uh, that's in good condition. You don't want to have a beat up house. You don't want to have an ugly house. You want to have a fairly a newer house that's in good condition. Um, that when um, when you market it for a buyer, they literally can be move in ready. Maybe just a little bit of repairs are fine, but nothing major. No fifteen, twenty, thirty thousand dollar renovations. That have have to be a clean has to be a clean property. Also, too, what you want to do is make sure that they have a good loan. Okay, a good loan in place. What does that mean? Well, it means that their interest rate must be around five to seven percent. Okay, or their payments must be at or lower what you can rent a house for in that neighborhood. If everything's renting for eleven hundred dollars, make sure that the payments are are a lower than eleven hundred dollars, eleven hundred dollars or lower, um, and make sure that the loan, the current uh, existing loan on the property, doesn't adjust or balloon in three to five years. Okay, the payment must be locked and not floating. So, you know, sometimes they have floating payments that one month it's eight seventy five, the next month it's nine seventy five, and it just floats with the LIBOR rate, which you don't want. All right. So a lead calls in and they have no equity. You find out about the house, it's a nice house, it's a pretty house, they're motivated, and uh, you they find out about the loan and they go, Great. Uh, they have a good loan, it fits all the criteria. And then you go, okay, you're going to set the appointment with them. So now you're going to set the appointment, and you can set that appointment around a job. You can do it on nights if you want. You can do it you know, days if you want. You can do it on weekends if you want, whatever it may be. But you can set that appointment with them. And then you want to go, obviously, look at the house, take some pictures, and then structure the deal. Now, how do you structure the deal? Well, first off, you want to negotiate with a seller to have them leave the existing loan in place for three to five years. Now, let's take a look at this. This seller right now owes what the property is worth. Let's say, theoretically, it's a $100,000 house, and they owe, let's say, $100,000. They owe $98,000. They owe what the property is worth. If they were going to try to sell the property in the open market, and they were going to list it with a realtor, 
Well, first off, they'd have to pay 6% realtor fees. They'd have to pay closing costs. They'd have to pay any type of concessions that the buyer is requesting. Um, so literally, they would have to come in with anywhere from seven dollars to $10,000 on this $100,000 house just to get out of it. Well, a lot of buyers, you know, especially they're motivated, they don't want to come in with seven dollars to $10,000. Um, so now when you're negotiating with them, you're saying, hey, listen, you know, guess what? You know, let's leave your loan in place, you know, and I'll negotiate and basically give the give them five hundred to a thousand dollars. Give them as little amount of cash as possible, but they're gonna get some cash. So when you're talking to this motivated seller, you say, Hey, listen, guess what? What if I could give you a thousand dollars cash? And obviously if you're gonna try to sell your house in the marketplace today, you'd have to come in with cash. You can't do it. You're literally stuck. Um, until either house values go up to a certain point where you can sell. And guess what? You never know if house values are going to go down. If they go down, well, you could be stuck here for a lot longer. But what if I could give you $1,000 cash and I'd like to have your loan, since it's a good loan, to be in place for three to five years? A lot of times if they have motivation there. Most of the time, uh, they'll be okay about it. Now, that is uh, how you basically structure the transaction. Now, they're going to have questions. They might have objections. They go, well, what's going to happen after the three years or five years? Well, guess what? We have to either refinance the property, we have to pay off the existing note, or we have to sell the property to pay off the existing note. That's what we have to do after three to five years. Um, and then they go, well, well, how do I know the mortgage is going to be being paid? Well, we set it up with a servicing company through the title or escrow company office there. And what they do is they'll collect the payments, right, and then pay your bank and everything will be audited. So you'll have a statement basically showing all the payments that are being made to the bank. And um, and then there will be a statement on, the, on, on our side showing all the payments we made that we can bring that to our accountant and uh, write off the – uh, interest that we paid on or whatever it is uh, for, for the tax purposes. But everything will be audited and it will be done through a servicing company and the title company will take care of everything. Okay. Then the question might ask, well, what if you don't make your payments? Well, if we don't make the payments, then whatever state you're in, then you're able to foreclose back on the property and uh, take over the property. Now, let's say we give you $1,000. We put some work into the property. We pay closing costs to whatever it is. You know, we're not going to lose five to $10,000 of how much every money we invested over the term um, and just lose that. We're not going to walk away from that. So obviously, we have a vested interest uh, to make this deal work. Those are ways to overcome some of those different objections um, that the sellers might ask. But the majority of the time, they're motivated. They'll say, okay, great, because they're going to be able to get out of it and get some cash and get out of the uh, the, the debt and the, and the payments on that. All right, now let's talk about selling that property. How do you sell that property? You, now you got a, now you got a contract on a property. Um, it basically says you're giving the, a seller, let's say, $1,000 on this $100,000 house, um, and, uh, and they're leaving the loan in place for five years. Now, how do you package that? So what you want to do now is put it on Craigslist. Now, I talked about in one of the previous episodes that you know it's such a great market right now for uh, buyers who have cash, but they don't have credit, and they're looking to buy a house. And there's such a great market for sellers who have little to no equity, and they want to sell their house. They just can't, they, they can't do it. So we put those two together, and we can make a profit in between. So we put that property on Craigslist, and it will say, seller financing, no credit, no problem, $12,000 down, 
Um, and you have pictures of the house in the description of the house. Three bed, two bath, built in 1996, tile roof, uh, beautiful neighborhood, yada, 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 whatever. Put a description about the house. You put that on Craigslist and back page. Um, now, what you want to do is now you're going to have people calling and they're going to want to either view the house. What I usually say is, listen, it's currently occupied right now. Why don't you do a drive-by, see if you like the neighborhood. Give me a call back and what I can do is I can schedule you to go look at the house. Um, or what you can do is do an open house on a Saturday and have them all come in between, say, 1 and 4 o'clock. Um, but now, obviously, now they call back. They like the neighborhood. They're interested in the property. Uh, what you can do now is now you want to verify that they have the funds. You say, hey, listen, do you have the $12,000 down? I got a lot of other people of interest. I got my phones blowing up over this property. So listen, are you – do you have the you know the $12,000 down? They go, yeah, I've got it. Okay, great. Um, how quick can we get it over to, to escrow and close this thing? Well, we can close it, you know, if we like the property and look inside, we can close it in a week or two. That's great. So that, that would be your perfect buyer that you're looking for. Now what you want to do is schedule them to go look at the property or have them have, if you have four or five or six people like that, have them all come through on a Saturday afternoon. That works best, um, almost like an open house. So now the first person, the first buyer, that says, I've got the money, I want to write a contract, I want to commit, they look at the house, then you want to sign them up. And you're going to do a purchase contract with them. And the purchase contract is going to be that you are going to sell the house uh, for $12,000 down. They're going to uh, basically take over, buy the property subject to the existing you know, loan, whatever that is, let's call it in this theoretical example, the $100,000 house, let's say they owe 98. They're going to buy the property subject to the $98,000 loan and they're going to make payments on a monthly basis um, of say $875. Um, and that's what that is, that contract's going to look like. So now you're going to have a buy side contract with your seller for $1,000, right? Taking over the payments. And now you're going to have an also a sell side contract with your buyer for 12000 down. And they're going to buy the property subject to the existing loan. Um, and they're going to make payments to the servicing company every single month. Now you have two contracts. Now you bring those contracts to the, the escrow company, your title officer, your attorney, wherever state you're in, and you're going to instruct them to do an assignment at closing. Okay. Now, closing cost on that will be roughly, in a, theoretically, in a $100,000 house, roughly, say, $1,000. Um, now $1,000 is going to go to the seller. The balance is $10,000 left over in our theoretical example. The balance is $10,000. So you'll be able to make on a property with no equity, assigning a contract directly to the buyer at closing, $10,000 at closing. That's not bad. Now, let's talk about how many deals do you think are out there? I mean, how many deals are out there that have properties that have uh, are potential deals out there, they're a motivated seller, that have little to no equity. There's probably thousands, thousands and thousands. So the result is this. You have a, a seller that is out of the property with cash in hand. They don't have to come you know, to closing with five dollars to $10,000. Now you have a buyer that gets a good deal in the house. They're buying it at market value, but that's at current market value. You know, they don't have to deal with banks. They don't have to deal with appraisals. They don't have to deal with any hassle or headaches. They can literally move in in a couple weeks. Um, title company gets business. They get their closing fees. They're they're happy. And now the buyer makes payments to the servicing company, and the servicing company makes payments to the seller's bank. It's all tracked and it's all audited. And you, 
walk away with a $10,000 check at close of escrow. That is awesome. There are tons of deals in the marketplace today. And uh, the next one I'm going to talk about is number two is sellers. This is a second lead that comes in, a second type of lead that comes in. We just talked about the first one, little to no equity. Let's talk about the second one. The second one is sellers with little to no equity. That means they have three to five percent equity. Let's keep our current theme of the uh, $100,000 house. So now you have a $100,000 house, and let's say they have um, a $90,000 loan on the property. Okay. Now, it's the exact same process in, in, as above. The only difference is you can give just a, a, a little bit more money. Instead of $1,000, maybe give them $2,500, maybe give them $3,000. Now, just remember that the more money you are committing to give the seller at closing, uh, the more of a down payment you're going to have to um, receive uh, or negotiate with the buyer. So it always works best when it – obviously less is possible. But, I mean, if you have a buyer, you can say, listen uh, – you have a seller, uh, for example, um, that they only have $10,000 of equity. They would literally get nothing at closing in our example. Um, and here they can get you know $2,500 to $3,000, which is great. So instead of selling that property on Craigslist for $12,000 down, you might sell it for fifteen dollars or $16,000 down. Um, it would be maybe a little bit more difficult to sell. Um, you know, uh, you might get less calls on it, but um, you will get calls on it, and you can get still get that ten thousand dollar result. Okay, now um, you know when 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 you're negotiating, you know, give the seller anywhere from one to three percent. You know, the more money they receive, the harder it will be to sell, and uh, in which the buyer, like we just talked about, will have to do a, a larger down payment. Now, let's talk about where to find these deals. We talked, you know, real quickly, is that um, first off, you want to find these through expired listings. You can talk to a realtor, and a realtor can give you uh, um, all the expired listings in the good areas of town. Um, you know, that are nicer houses, newer houses. Um, that have all expired, and you can send them a yellow letter. A yellow letter is an unbelievable form of marketing that we use. You can just Google yellowletter.com, um, and you can kind of see what uh, the yellow letter is about. In my book, explains in detail at philip2freedom.com exactly what a yellow letter is, an example of a yellow letter, how we use the yellow letter, what we say um, in the yellow letter and negotiating. But the yellow letter works great um, um, to expired listings. Now think about it. A guy has uh, has listed his house and may be on the market for 200 days and the property doesn't sell and the listing expires. Do you think he's motivated? Yeah, he's very motivated. He's probably had people through his house. You know, he's probably lowered it three or four times. He wants out. He's just like, you know, get me out of this house. And then he gets a nice personalized yellow letter from you that says, hello, I, you know, so-and-so, I'd like to buy your house at so-and-so address. And guess what? Your phone will ring off the hook. It's a great marketing tool, theyellowletter.com. Check that out. All right. Look for houses that are in great condition, and it, this does not work on ugly houses. I mean, if you're trying to sell a house 15000 down, they walk in the house and it's trashed. Um, that doesn't fly. It's, it's a very difficult to, uh, to do that. Now, let's talk about sellers. Number three, sellers that are upside down. This is where the seller owes more than the property is worth. There are tons of uh, deals in the marketplace, especially here in Arizona, Phoenix, California, um, you know, all across the country. There are people that are upside down in their houses. So what do you do with them? How do you monetize those? Well, what you can do is this, is you want to find the best 
most successful short sale realtor in your marketplace. Um, uh, find a short, a, a good real. And how can you, how can you basically find that person? Just Google um, short sell house, and then whatever town you're in or city you're in. And there should be results in there uh, for local realtors in your marketplace that are marketing on Google or are show up in the uh, the free search results um, for short sale in in your particular city. Um, they've marketed for that, so you can connect with them and see if you can work on a lead referral system. Okay, because some of the properties uh, on short sales they they won't work. The bank won't come down. Uh, de- uh, basically deep enough, you know, if you have the $100,000 house, they won't come down to $50,000 if the house is in great condition. We usually don't make any offers on, on those type of properties. We just refer the lead on and we could get paid for that lead. Now, if you have a house, right, that is in uh, bad condition, it's beat up, it's considered an ugly house, then the bank would potentially take less. The short sale agent can list the property. It has to be on the market listed to open open bids. And then you can place your offer on the property. And uh, potentially, if, if, your, if your offer is uh, accepted uh, by the agent, then um, you could potentially uh, tie up that deal um, on a contract basis and then flip that property uh, through a double escrow. Everything has to be disclosed on short sales on, on every aspect of it. I, I highly recommend. Um, I don't like doing short sales um, at all, uh, but there is a possibility to make profit. And I know there's people out there making tons of money on short sales. I just don't like it. All right. Going into detail on short sales, I, I can do another episode on that if you want. Um, it's covered in detail. But um, right now we're just going to talk about uh, leads. So the next one is sellers that own their property free and clear. These are the best type of deals. I love these deals. Okay. Now, Motivated Seller calls in. Now, where would you find these guys? Well, first off, first off, you can market the same thing. You can market a, a yellow letter um, to uh, uh, someone that is a is a absentee owner, someone is a, an absentee investor. Let's say let's say you live in Texas. Um, and you have uh, one particular area where you know there's a lot of cash transactions going on, which I, which I highly suggest. You right, start right now and start building your cash buyers list through Craigslist. Put, your, put a property on there um, um, and uh, put your phone number there. And your phone will ring for people looking for wholesale deep discount properties, and you'll be talking to cash buyers coming in. Um, there's, I think I didn't, uh, what episode I did a uh, episode number, I think seven or eight. You can look back in the archives, um, about, uh, building a cash buyer's list. I did the seven effective steps of wholesaling, which I think was uh, episode number three. Um, but it goes in depth on exactly how to build a cash buyer's list. You want to start doing that immediately because if you know exactly what your cash buyers are looking for, it is so easy to do this business. You know, I was talking to a cash buyer yesterday, and he's um, he goes he basically said, "Hey, I've got I'm looking for two more properties to fill. I'm looking for in this particular area. I'm looking for this particular price, and I'm looking for this particular many bedrooms. And I won't buy anything, you know, under 1978 for his that's his specific criteria." I said, oh, "Hey, great, we got a couple you know a couple deals coming up in the pipeline. Um, I'll definitely give you a, a look at them, you know, uh, before we put them out." So. Um, so he's like, he's got, I know he's got two more slots he has to fill, and, and he told me exactly what he wants. Now, when you start marketing for buyers and you have people 
calling in and telling you what they want. You want to survey them and keep a database of exactly what these buyers want. So now back to these free and clear properties. Um, if you know exactly you know, what, your, what type of uh, properties uh, your buyers want, you can market to those specific areas. Um, you can get a list through listsource.com. This is in my book too. All, all this information's you can download at flip2freedom.com. Um, but is in there. Go to listsource.com. You can pull all the absentee investors. That means properties in Texas. Let's say they live in California, but they bought property in Texas. And they're absentee investors, and let's say you can do a search for this. They either they own the property free and clear, or they have 50% equity. You can um, target inheritance. You can target probate. Um, you can target pre foreclosures if you want. But um, and a lot of you know pre foreclosures obviously you know our properties aren't free and clear. But those are ways to uh, to get your phone to ring for motivated sellers uh, looking to find these um, free and clear properties. Now, when you're structuring the wholesale deal, um, wholesale properties, there is a formula to sell these wholesale properties. And the formula is this, is you take the after repair value, the ARV, times 70% less repairs equals your sell price. So theoretically, you have a $100,000 house, 70% of $100,070,000, repairs are $10,000. Your sell price is $60,000. So you can get the property, if you get the property, anything below $60,000 is your potential profit margin. If you get it for fifty, there's a potential $10,000 profit. You get it for forty, there's a potential $20,000 profit. We use this formula on all of our wholesale deals. So when a deal comes in and the property is free and clear, we know what we have to get it at prior to going to the appointment so we can structure the offers correctly. Now, when you're dealing with a, 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 a person who owns the property free and clear, one thing you definitely want to find out, is this their primary residence? Did they inherit the property? Um, was the property um, uh, a rental? Is it currently vacant, the condition? Those things you can ask while you're talking to the, uh, the seller when they call in. But you know, when, when you're gauging motivation... Um, you know, the, there'll be more motivation if someone obviously inherited the property or if it's vacant or if they use it as a rental than someone who is, is their primary resident. There'll be more motivation there. And you can, you know, go back and ask that question we talked about. Now, when you are presenting offers to sellers that are own their property and free and clear, I would first basically, uh, you know, try to give them two different offers. The first offer would be use your formula, the formula we just talked about, and then structure it to where they can keep the existing, uh, keep basically uh, give you seller financing, okay, with 10% down. You know, this is great. Now, let's say for an example, you say, okay, I'm going to offer you $50,000. A house needs about $10,000 worth of work. It's worth 100000 And they go, you know, I just want to get out of it. But say, listen, how... How quick do you need all the cash? What are you going to use the cash for? And they go, well, you know, not really. I'm just going to stick it a CD in the bank. Well, what if we did this? What if I could give you 10% down? I can give you $5,000 down. And then you could uh, create a $45,000 note, and we'll pay you 8% on that note. We'll pay it off in, say, a year. We'll pay it off in two years, whatever it may be. Um, and they go, well, sure, you know, that, that, that would be fine to say, you know, in this marketplace right now, if I was going to raise cash and I was going to have to pay cash for the property, Obviously, my number would have to be less, but I can give you a better price on the property if you're allow me to keep uh, or allow or, or basically uh, sell the property to me with seller financing. 
That's number one. So you want to pretty much offer them, you know, 10% down and then uh, where they structure it through seller financing. Or give them an all-cash offer at a lower price, okay? You give them two, either A or B. Seller financing 10% down or an all-cash offer at a lower price. Um, a lot of time, people will just take the all-cash offer at the lower price, um, and sometimes they'll take with a 10% down. What's great about the 10% down is that uh, then you can sell that to either a buy-and-hold investor or a fix-and-flip investor, um, and they can come in with, say, $15,000 down, and you can make a $10,000 spread on that. Okay. Now, what if your seller refuses to sell at those low numbers. They still own the property free and clear. You know they're motivated. What do you do? Well, knowing what we know in the previous uh, couple uh, leads that came in, we could structure the deal to where we give the owner a higher price. So let's say it's worth 100 but let, what if we gave them $80,000, right? And we said, okay, listen, I can give you a higher price, but what we need to do is we need to keep your, you know, you need to offer seller financing, right? And we'll come in with $10,000 down, but keep the seller financing in place and keep it in the place for three to five years. You'll get your higher price, but we want to keep, uh, we want you to offer seller financing. And, uh, and then have them come, you know, give them, say, $10,000 down. And then you can turn around and sell that for $15,000 down. It's still slightly below market. Um, they get seller financing. They don't have to worry about any banks or any appraisals. The buyer does. Um, and then you can still make a five or a seven or $10,000 profit, depending on how much your buyer comes in with for cash. Okay. Hope I'm not getting a, you too confused on these, but these are these are how you can structure deals for maximum profit. Now, I basically just gave you three different offers on one particular lead that comes in. Now, how do you determine which offer? You don't give them all the offers up front. What you do is you 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 go for the one that you know you can you obviously can make the most amount of money. If you feel resistance, then you can start going another way. But I don't I don't give them all three offers at once. Say I can do this, this, or this. You know, you try to give them an all-cash offer at the lowest price possible, and then they go, "Well, you don't, you know, I don't really want to do that because it's too low." Well, then maybe I'll, uh, maybe if you offer seller financing and ten percent down, we pay it off in a year. Would that work for you? And they might say yes or no. And they go, "Well, no, it's still too low." I say, "Great, we'll give you, a, you know, a little bit more." So you're, you're basically just gauging um, uh, what they can do or what they're willing to do. Okay. Now, how to sell the property? Well, when you wholesale, when you're wholesaling the property, and that's when you do the all-cash offer, let's say you get it for the $50,000, when you're wholesaling that, sell that to the to your cash buyers list. You know, you get your cash buyers, you've been talking to them, you figure out exactly what they wanted, you call them up and say, I've got one, $60,000 needs $10,000 of work, here are the pictures of the property, and uh, do a drive-by, tell me if you want to look at it, and I'll get you in to uh, check it out, Okay. And uh, so, you, you know, when you start building your cash buyers list, you can just send an email out to your cash buyers, and uh, and they can have uh, they can go look at the property. Um, and, you know, we we I'm not even going to get into marketing how we how we market to sell the property. I did an episode on that on how to sell your properties in lightning speed in hours, not days. I go in detail of exactly how to sell your properties fast. I think that's in it's in the archives in there. You can uh, you can go in iTunes. Um, and uh, go through that, and uh, but that is, that is great. So the next one, you know, if you if you have it on a retail, you can retail. You can post on Craigslist and Backpage, just like we talked about. You can post signs around the neighborhood, which is uh, another great thing, offering seller financing. 
Um, so, so, so those are ways to sell it. You can sell it to a retail person with seller financing place, or you can sell it to a wholesale buyer that's looking for a fix and flip or for a rental property where they can come in with cash and they can close quickly. The next one is sellers with substantial equity, but still have a loan in place. Okay. Um, this is the last one, number five. Sellers with substantial equity, but still they have a loan in place. Obviously, you want to confirm the loan, just like we did in the uh, the first couple ones. Confirm the loan uh, is good um, in the big picture. See, the thing is, is with this, you know, the idea is the same thing. You're looking for sellability. How can you sell the property? Well, the goal is to give them as little cash as possible and keep the loan in place. That is your best case scenario because that is very easy to sell in this marketplace. Um, if a cash buyer is going to come in and they're looking for fix and flip, they don't have to go get an 18% hard money loan or cut a check for it, just cash. They can, You can offer seller financing by keeping the loan in place. Okay, And how do you negotiate that? Well, you ask what is the minimum amount of cash that they'd like to receive at closing. You know, if they say, well, you know, I... You know, $5,000, $10,000. They might say $50,000. You never know. But um, whatever it is, then you want to try to structure it. Now, if someone said they wanted $50,000, I'd probably structure it as an all-cash deal, and i try to get the loan uh, – to try to get the price down as, as, as below the formula price as possible. Um, in our example, below the $60,000 as possible. If they want a big chunk of money, I'd try to get as low as possible. Um, and then just offer a whole, uh, just a straight cash transaction. Um, if they want to, if you're, if they're able to keep their seller financing in place, um, and you can uh, basically have it where they can keep a three to five percent um, as a down uh, payment for them, then that would work as well, and that is uh, very sellable in this market today. So, once you find out how much cash they like to receive, then you can negotiate to leave the existing loan in place. And give them the expected cash of closing, as long as it makes sense. And or you can negotiate to give them 10% down, leaving the existing loan in place and have them carry the portion of the equity. So now, if this is uh, too confusing, if it's too much too much thing, just just listen to it over and over and over again because you will get it, believe me. Um, and it's not that difficult. It's really, once you start getting leads coming in, you'll fit them in these cookie cutters, and then you'll know exactly when you're going in, meeting the motivated seller, exactly uh, what you can offer. Uh, before I go into an appointment, I know exactly what I can offer, what, what, how I'm going to structure it, um, just by the information of what, how, knowing what the value is, knowing what the mortgage they owe on the property, knowing um, potentially uh, how much cash. That, that is the variable that you can kind of bounce back and forth. But you have all this in your mind before you go talk to the seller. Okay? Now, selling this particular deal, how do you sell uh, this type of deal? Well, it fits, basically it fits the mold of, of, of just selling a wholesale property. Um, just, just selling the wholesale property out where a cash buyer comes in and just pays off the entire thing. Or... If it's a retail model where uh, where basically they are willing to carry the paper, where they're willing to offer seller financing, and you put it on Craigslist or Backpage and someone comes in with the down payment. I mean, that, those are pretty much uh, two ways you can market the property and sell it quickly. Now, where do you find these deals? Deals that are, um, you know, uh, you know these type of deals where they have, you know, equity and stuff. Well, like we talked about earlier, bandit signs work good. 
bandit signs are great. You can put bandit signs up, and you can uh, put them um, around uh, around the areas where you know cash buyers are looking for properties. That's one way. You talk to a cash buyer, and they say, "Well, I like this particular grid in this particular area. I would I would barrage that place with bandit signs all over the place, um, and uh, you'll get calls from motivated sellers, and you might be able to structure a deal just for that particular cash buyer uh, that's looking for properties. You might you know structure four or five or six deals like that for them. Um, and sending out yellow letters to these different lists. We talked about inheritance, absentee investors with 50% equity at list source, pre-foreclosures, deed dates 1998 and below. Very important. Um, a lot of people uh, don't have equity in their properties right now uh, for the fact that um, you know they, they purchased a property from 2000 and beyond. You know, and uh, we target deed dates 1999 and below, 1998 and below, uh, knowing that those uh, will potentially have more equity than than uh, houses with deed dates in 2006, which won't have any equity at all, and also probate leads. All right, that is a lot to swallow, I know, um, and I apologize for that, but uh, that is exactly how you uh, five ways to analyze and structure. Each lead for maximum profit and sellability. Now, I want to leave you with this quote. I always like to leave you with a quote. (laughs) But this is a quote. And this is from Arthur Timothy Ferris, one of my favorite authors. He wrote a book called The 4-Hour Workweek. And uh, he also has a blog, at um, which I'll put in the show notes, at uh, Tim Ferris. uh, I think TimFerrisBlog.com or 4HourWorkWeekBlog.com. All right, the quote goes like this. Money is multiplied in practical value depending on the number of W's you control in your life. What you do, when you do it, where you do it, and with whom you do it. I call this the freedom multiplier. So let's talk about freedom. What is freedom? Freedom is the ability to do what you want to do when you want to do it. When you want to do it, where you want to do it, you want to do it, you know, all of whatever you want to do, and with whom you want to do it. That's freedom. Now, if you want to go out and spend the day with your, your family and, um, and take the summer off, or if you want to go to the beach, or if you wake up and you go, you know what, I'm just going to, my kids are off today, it's a, it's a half day of school or whatever, I just want to go hang out with the kids all day. I want to take them to the park, I want to go hang out by the pool, I want to do whatever. You have the choice to do what you want to do. Now, what happens is, is that we go to a job every single day, we being, not me, but we being, you know, someone that's working a job, and you work a job every single day, and guess what? You don't decide what you want to do. You have to do your job. You don't decide when you want to do it. You have to be there when you have to be there. You don't decide where you want to do it. You have to go to your office, maybe or maybe you don't. You have to be somewhere. And whom you do it with? You're stuck with the people that are around you. What if they're? What if, what if it's a negative environment? So what happens is we're stuck in a job for the idea of having security. And it's almost like maximum security. And we want this security. Got to have my paycheck. Got to have my paycheck every single, every single week, every single month, whatever it is. Now, like I said, what, what if you could find something like this where you could flip properties, no cash, no credit, no experience, and you could get one year's worth of your income in the bank, $50,000 of cash, 60, 70, 80, whatever it is, one year's worth of income in the bank. You'd be confident that you knew what you could do, and you'd have a cushion in the bank for one year. And then you could get your freedom back. It's a goal. It's a goal to accomplish. And when you're trying to accomplish a goal, 
there might be a lot of moving parts. I know there are. There, there is. But in the, the like I said last episode, the simplistic film that basically boil it down in the simplest form possible. You are finding motivated sellers, and you're matching them up with cash buyers, and you're selling the property and making a profit. That's it. That is it. This is so simple. I mean, it, it, it's so simple. It just becomes learning the technical aspects of it, which is negotiating, right? But you'll learn this during the, during the process, and you'll learn by doing, and you'll learn by – Guess putting marketing out there and taking the calls. And the lead comes in and you go, holy cow, what do I do? What he said here? Oh, yeah, he said here, uh, properties with no equity. How do I handle this? Well, I can structure it this way. I got to find out about the loan. I got to find out if it's a pretty house. I got to find out if it's in a good area. And you can start doing that. And you might want to take notes and, and write this down. So then when, when, um, when leads do come in, then you know how to structure these leads. And then you can go talk to the motivated seller. But let me ask a question. What if... You screw up. What if you blow it? What if you go on the appointment? What if you take the lead and you're excited? And you go on the appointment and you blow it. You say something stupid. You do something stupid. Whatever. You blow it. What happens? Who cares? Who cares? You know what? It doesn't matter because the, the good thing about it is you have a job. So it's not, it's, not, you know, it's not like you have to make the deal work to pay the bills. You've got a job. So it's a learning experience. You know how many deals I have blown? I, 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 I can't even keep count. But you know what? I might blow a deal, completely blow it. And what's blowing it? Blowing is saying they're not going to kick you out of the house and go, you're an idiot. Get out of here. They're not going to do it. Blowing it is they just don't do it. They don't they – don't, they say, no, nah, you know, I don't really want to do it and you know, I'll, I'll think about it, which is you know, the classic you know, blow off. You know, I always come back and say, great, what do you want to think about? Let's, let's think about it together. Let me help you think it through. So, But I'm a little bit more aggressive and I have been doing this for a while so I can help them think through all the obstacles so I can eliminate those obstacles and I can get the contract. But that was a learning process. I didn't do that from day one. So if you blow it, who cares? People have this fear of failure. Oh my gosh, what if I screw up? What if I don't say? And they, like I said, talk about it. They project this, this god awful thing that could potentially happen if they mess up. I've seen some comments on the uh, the blog. They go, I, I, I just don't want to mess up. Well, who cares if you do? It doesn't matter. Just do it. Go through it. Take the calls. Make the appointment. Talk to the sellers. Now, what if you get it and you can't sell the property? What, are you doing, quit? Well, this doesn't work. I can't sell the property. No, you just do it again and structure the deal better. If you use out clauses in all your contracts, you don't have to worry about it. There is no risk. You can get out of the contract with no liability at all um, if you can't sell the property. So... All I'm trying to say is this, is that how valuable is your freedom? We only have one life to live. That's it. This is it. One life. We've got one shot. So how valuable is your freedom? 
you know, if you put a huge value on that, then your job, look at your job as a temporary position that you're, go, you're, you're planning to get out of. And you go, I'm planning to get out of my job, and I want to quit. Now, don't quit prematurely. Make sure you get one year's of income in the bank. But you want to get out of that, and you're going to set a goal. And you're going to set a goal. You're going to read the book in detail. You're going to listen to all the podcasts, and you're going to devour not just my information. There's a ton of unbelievable people out there that have awesome information on how to do this business. Devour everything. Devour everything you can. Learn it inside now and do it while you learn it because you will learn more by doing than you will by reading. I guarantee it. And then you'll get an, you get a deal and you'll get a you'll get a contract, your first contract, and then you'll get your first closing, you'll get your first check, and you go, holy cow, this works! And then you'll do it again, and it works, and you do it again, you do it again, do it again, do it again, and you're going to build that confidence, knowing that you can make it happen. And it starts by baby steps. It starts by setting a goal. What's the first goal? Well, the first goal is to build a buyer's list. Well, the first thing I'm going to do today is I'm going to put an ad on Craigslist. Seeking wholesale properties or cash buyers wanted wholesale deep discount properties. We have the best wholesale properties in the marketplace today. Give me a call and let me know exactly what you're looking for. And people will call you or people will email you back. And you can build a relationship and build it with these cash buyers and know exactly what they want. But think about it. If you know exactly what a cash buyer wants, then guess what? You can find the property for them and you can make the spread. That is the best way to do it. Another way to do it is put it on there and say, hey, you know, seller financing, no banks needed, $10,000, $15,000 down. We have houses. Call me. So now you're also marketing for buyers that are looking for houses that are have seller financing well guess what if they say hey i want i want houses i'm looking in this particular pocket of town i'm looking for a three bed two bath well guess what you can pull the expired listings in those and then that meets that criteria and you can send letters out to that people those people and you can start structuring a deal just for that buyer you might you'll be like filling orders you know, you have like four or five cash buyers. They're going to want specific properties in this area. You got, you know, these retail buyers that that want this, and you can just literally just fill the orders. But if you do, let's say you make an average of, I mean, we make about average about ten thousand dollars per deal, and we do, you know, seven to ten a month. So if you, let's say average, you know, say five thousand dollars a deal, and you do ten of them, that's fifty thousand dollars. It's not that hard to do ten deals, believe me. And it might take you six months. But if you have fifty, sixty thousand dollars in the bank and you did it through doing this, you'd have one hundred percent confidence that you know you can do it and you can continue doing it. And you'll have your freedom because that is the goal. That is the goal. The goal is to get there, to get that, you know, to get that point. Now, imagine this: you have one year's worth of income in the bank, and you've done it through these little steps: building a cash buyer's list. Turning around and, and, uh, and selling properties and building it, doing that whole thing we talked about. Now you have one year's worth of income in the bank. And then you walk in. And now you're going to go in and you're going to fire your boss. Imagine that. Imagine that day. You walk in. You walk up to your boss and you want to give him your resignation. And you're done. And you know it. And you're excited. And you're just like, think about it. Isn't that, wouldn't that be unbelievable? You walk in and say, I am done. You're talking to people going, where's he going? What's he doing? I mean, he's going, they're stuck. 
and maximum security, and you're out. Done. Gone. See ya. You get to break free and live your dream. And real estate might be the first stepping stone to get you to wherever you want to go. Who knows? But the bottom line is, guess what? You did it. And then you're free. And you get to do what you want with who you want, when you want, on your terms. There's nothing like it. Until then, take care and God bless. 